This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. On May 10th, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is coming to IMAX and theaters everywhere. What a wonderful day! This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. They stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Only in theaters May 10. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Hello and welcome back to the Stadio Podcast. I'm Musil Kwanga. I'm Ryan Hun. Ryan, how are you doing? I'm alright, thanks man. Looking forward to this Europa League preview show. <laughs> <laughs> how are you? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm okay. I'm good. I have a question for you, actually. Yeah. Do you think people are going to get bored of my Europa League shtick? Or... Ryan, if they're not bored of your other shtick, they won't get bored of your Europa League shtick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. If they're still here... If it wasn't pre-podcast watershed, I would have told you to f- off. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Um, we hope everyone's staying safe, staying well, wherever you are in the world. Is there any admin? I do not think so. I don't think so. Fine. Is there admin? No, no admin. No admin. Oh, you know what? There's always a bit of admin. If you like what we do, please oh, yes. give us a rating and review. It'd be very kind. Hmm. Um. If you absolutely hate it, maybe don't bother. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> um, today, we're going to talk mm. Champions League. Yeah. It was a good week of Champions League. It was. Before we get into the main, I think we're, we're going to do Man United as Copenhagen as the, or Copenhagen Manchester, Manchester United as our main bulk. I think we should. But um, before so we get- issues. So I many know, issues raised. So many issues, so little time. <laughs> mm. But before we get into it, a couple of shout outs. Can I shout out Shakhtar for yes. being Barcelona? Yeah. Sikhan's great header. Mm. Like, great header. I really loved this goal. It was a really, really aesthetically pleasing header. You know when like a, the ball's coming at such pace and the striker's kind of falling away and mm. does that little, it let, just lets it bounce off the Across. head. Yes, yes. Especially against such a great lineup. Mm. It was a very strong Barcelona lineup. Like, extremely. Shao Felix was on the bench, for goodness sake. Like, a lot of depth, a lot of quality, and I mean, it was virtually full strength, mm. Barcelona. And Neverton's disallowed goal. Yeah, my was goodness. Absolutely incredible. But uh, yeah, massive shouts to, to Shakhtar. Mm. They always give us something in the group stages, Shakhtar. Second win, though, in the, in the group, and they're in the third place. They've got a thing about Madrid, too, don't they? They, like, they, they, love, the, they love a Spanish team in the, in the group stages. At the moment, they're, they're going to go to, to the Europa League because uh, Royal Antwerp are bottom of that group. Porto beating them 2-0 this week. Pepe became the oldest goal scorer in the Champions League history. 
My goodness. After becoming Still the oldest outfield player to play in the Champions League, I think on the last match day, right? He's the oldest supervillain as well. The oldest supervillain. Um, quick shout for Group G. Man City, three young boys, nil. Just a great Phil Foden goal. Really good Phil Foden goal. Uh, it's Man City. Uh, and Leipzig have both through because Leipzig beat Kavrena Svezda uh, 2-1. Another great Javi Simons goal. He's having a great season. Really good season, huh? Yeah. I mean, just interesting. It's really interesting when you see people like just pick up. Just to find, when they find their, yeah, when they find their place, find yeah. their spot. Yeah. Um, are we doing a quick shout for, let's do a quick shout for Group C. Real Madrid beating Braga 3-0. Real looked good. Big fan of Brian Diaz's massively sarcastic VAR celebration. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Rodrigo's goal, though. Can we the touch? The first the touch, touch on the Rodrigo's touch goal, and, and then the dink. His... So good. Vinicius cut loose. Those that they played with as much freedom as they've played. Braga are a good side. Yeah, man. They played with as much freedom as they played with this season. Actually, Brian Diaz just linking with them. Ironically, because Bellingham being out, but Brian Diaz between the two of them. And they all had a kind of point to prove in this match. Mm. Some of their approach play was was spectacular. The other game in that group, Napoli won. Union won. This is They've a huge result. The losing streak. This is the, the first game that Union haven't lost. It's August. And in patches, they looked like Union again. They did. On the counter, the resilience, um, the defensive strength, but like the fact they kept going for it until like, like ex- injury time. Yeah. That was like, I was like, yeah, this is, this is more like it. Do you know what, and, do you know what sorry to cut in, but do you know okay. what would be really hilarious now is if they, they end up in the Europa League. <laughs> <laughs> it would be, I mean, look, Napoli without Ossiemen are just such a different, that the energy is completely different. Raspadori, mm. look, very good player, but mm. in terms of the attacking thrust that he gives them, mm. the balls that he gets on the end of, the chase that he does, the combination with Quaratskalia, it's just all, there was one bit where Quaratskalia gets the ball into the box in the second half, works into the box and you're like, Osimhen would have been there. Would yeah. have been asserting himself, would have been crashing the near post ahead of two players and it's just, their whole intensity comes down by 20% where he's not playing. Mm. Um, which, give, which gave Union, I think, a bit of a look in and just uh, the counter was classic Union. Sherado Beckham, Fafana. I love how Becker combines on the counter. Always one of my favourite things about the Bundesliga. And just a great point that I hope they can take and be like, look, this is what we're capable of. A point at Napoli. Mm. If you'd said to them prior to the season, you'll get a point at Napoli, they'd be like, oh, well, like, that's dreamland. So I hope they can take that and work with it. Mm. Uh, quick shout for Groupie as well. Atleti being 10 man, 10 man Celtic 6-0. Dyson Maida got sent off for dangling a foot out, but studs studs onto, who was it? Was it, uh, was it Molina? I think it was Molina. Got, it went to VAR, got sent off. One of those, probably. Uh, he got booked on the field and then that was cancelled and then he got a red card. But yeah, 6-0 Atleti. Uh, Griezmann with two, Morata with two, Lino with a great goal actually and then Sal Niguez uh, with with a goal as well. Really disappointing given how well Celtic played in the first game. Actually, yeah, Brendan Rodgers' results in in Europe are just never that great. Yeah, I think I think he I think he gets away with a bit actually. Oh, <laughs> I think he does. I think, I think he does. Yeah, yeah. That that like that that squad doesn't lose. That squad under Ange doesn't lose six 0 to Atleti away. Hey, listen, mate. In with five men. 
We'll have a go. That is still one of the good... Do you know what, you know what that is? That's big, like, it's only a flesh room energy. Ange playing a high line is iconic. Honestly, I think I, Monday night might have been my favourite night of Premier League football ever. <laughs> ever. We, we, I mean, we left it to Wrighty's house because we were obviously doing Stadio, but... Um, it's oh a legendary, God. a legendary press conference to come out and say that. Do you know what? Spurs get a lot of shit for making DVDs. I want, I literally want them to make a DVD of that. Just put that, that game out full length yes. on DVD and it will, it will go to, it'll go right to the very top. What's that dog mean? The cartoon dog that goes, I'll effing do it again. <laughs> <laughs> That's what Angela like. <laughs> Loved it. Anyway, um, back to the Champions League in this group. Yeah. Lazio beating Feyenoord in the other game, 1-0. Ch- uh, Chiro Mobile with a stoppage time goal at the end of the first half. Gorgeous and, finish. And that was it's, enough. I think it's his 200th for Really? Lazio. Yeah, some wild stat like that. Wow. He's got a lot of goals for, Napa, for, for Lazio now. A lot of goals. All right, let's take a break. We'll get into Manchester United and we'll do the rest of the games after. Yeah. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side by side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. All right, man. Group A, where... Bayern Munich have gone through. Mm. We'll talk about them in a little bit. But the big result of the night came in the Danish capital, Copenhagen. Coming from 2-0 down to beat the world-famous Manchester United 4-3 after Marcus Rashford was sent off. Yes. Big turning point in the game, actually. I mean, the problem, I think, with this is that it shouldn't have been, but it was because there were two different sides before and after. I hate to say it, but with Manchester United these days, everything's a turning point. Everything's a turning point. Let's begin at the beginning. <laughs> Manchester United's opening goal was superb. Really good. The way they constructed this, built out from the back, the patience, one Bissaka criticised so much at the start of his United career for not being good in the build-up. A classic reverse pass into space from McTominay to square mm-hmm. for Hoyland to finish. Everything about this goal was perfect. Absolutely perfect. Patience, um, penetration, decisiveness, assertiveness, all of that was there. All of it was present. The positioning, excellent. It was just, you look perfect at this goal. perfect start. You, you freeze this goal in time and go, that's what Ten Hag is trying to do. Mm. And then perfect start. We have a great counter um, for United's second goal. Hoyland scoring twice against his, well, his, first, his first professional team. A bit of needle there apparently because Hoyland's got two brothers and he was basically released because they thought the others are better prospects. So there was maybe a bit of needle there, but also a kind of proud homecoming because local boy's doing good. And he celebrated with 
Customary aplomb. Notable aplomb. I have beef about this second goal, though. Really? How so? Garnacho just should have squared it. Yes. Garnacho was a bit extra the whole night, to be honest. Oh, that, that shushing on Bruno's goal is not aged very well at all. Not, not at all. To be honest, it was dated the second he did it. I'm not being funny, but it, look, all respect to Copenhagen. You're not in the Bernabeu in the 90th minute. You're not Batistuta in the, in, in the camp now when you're silencing 100,000 Barcelona fans. It's not the same energy. Are, you, are we going celebration police? I think we are, aren't we? Yeah, I am. I am a little bit. Let's save that because um, then the red card happens. Mm. So the referee is like two or three yards away and I don't want to go too... We're going to have more VAR things. Uh, this was a 58-minute first half, by the way, due to various stoppages, one of them being a medical emergency, which thankfully all reports is that the fan is, is well and, uh, and okay. But getting back to the Rashford thing, the ref doesn't even give a foul and he's really close. And I personally think that, yes, the intent doesn't matter. Yes, there is, it's quite high. Put it this way, I don't think the difference between the eventual decision and the first decision is, I think that's too far away from each other. I think probably should have just booked him and moved it on. See, I thought it was a red. Oh. I thought it was a red. And the problem is, VAR is a speed camera. It catches everything. It catches yeah. everything. And look, the ref may have been not far away. didn't see it. But it's, Ryan, it's a red. Like, I looked and I was Ming. like, oh, actually, yeah, like... That's interesting. He comes in, he comes in. So look, he comes in like, he's not going for the ball. He comes across his ankle. Like it's dangerous. He's go- it's I mean, really- he's going to shield it. Yeah. So yeah, but it's, it's, it's dangerous. Full like- disclosure. When I first saw it, the first leg, I was just like, no way. And then the more mm. I looked at it, the more I was being persuaded. This is, the, pro- was, this is the problem. I think because the, in- <sighs> hmm. this is the thing. I think again, it's, probably within the rules because the intention is taken out of it. We're all looking at it with the intention. We know what, we've all done that in football games, right? We know what mm. he's trying to do there. He's shielding the ball. I think it was Paul Scholes after on TNT was talking about how Zidane used to do that all the time. Mm. He also went in, you know, in my day, VAR was back in my day. We'd, we'd, you not know. Being, not, yeah, we're well, not being funny, but Zidane's <laughs> not the best how, example. Can you imagine how many reds Paul Scholes would have got if VAR? He did, yeah, a also, good, he did a pretty good job without it. Using, using Zidane as your point of reference when shielding the ball in an aggressive manner is not the best, not the best framing. Look, I just yeah. think, look, VAR makes things look worse after the event, but it also catches stuff. Yeah. There's a lot of reds that, there's a lot of reds that don't happen because people don't see them that happen so quickly. And I think also my experience is somewhat coloured by, funnily enough, watching the refereeing in the German Amateur League and you're used to watching challenges like that get punished and you see it and you're like, look. That's interesting. It was was uncomfortable timing for United and it's a player who means a lot to United and a player who is not known for violent conduct or play, all that's been factored in. But if the actual dynamics of the tackle that that is a, it's a dangerous tackle. Yeah, you are right. I mean, it's not a tackle though. That's where that's the thing. So I'd 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 I'd, I'd push back on your definition of what it is because it isn't a tackle. It's not a tackle, mm. but it, it can be still quite dangerous even though it's not a tackle, which I yeah, agree yeah. with. Mm. Sorry, let me be clear. I don't think it was a tackle. Um, An action. I think it was. Yeah, it was a dangerous action. There you go. Let's talk VAR action. It was a dangerous action. I think. Yeah, I I, I take that. Can I be brutally honest as well? 
It's only so consequential because Manchester United did not manage the game after. Uh, well, let's talk You're about this. You're 2-0 yeah, up right. and you don't manage. Look, this is what this is really about. So are we saying in short, we don't really care if it was a red or not and we're not because some, you know, it's not I'm really saying, the big, I'm saying, I'm that's saying, not the main takeaway. I'm saying a lot of people wouldn't care. Look, I think it was a red and also I think two things can be true. I think it was a red and also Manchester United spectacularly failed to manage the game after that. Like you still yeah. had the players. They'd already shown Incredible quality on the counter um, to score. They, they, they show they could score against a deep line defence and during kind of broken field counter-attack. They could do that. They, they demonstrate that already. All they had to do at this point was manage the game. And this is where it comes a question of what Ten Hag was doing in that midfield. Because you start with a deep line midfield of McTominay and Ericsson. You've already sacrificed mobility mm-hmm. by starting Ambat on the bench, wherever he was there and mount. So you've got McTominay who is moving around, who position is playing high, who can go, you know, and McTominay, we know this very, very well. He plays exceptionally well alongside an anchor. One of his best performances we've ever seen for United was alongside Matic mm. in that role. But what Matic gives you is defensive heft. Ericsson does not. You are giving an invitation. If you've got 10 men and protecting a 2 lead, you are inviting pressure. And that is exactly what they did. That's what this is about. And it's easy to look at. And I saw them, they leapt on it. Ah, oh, red card turning point. Ah, oh, but why? Mm. Why was it the turning point? We've seen, and people hate using City as an example. Obviously, United fans will not enjoy me using that comparison. There was a, what, a come of the game when City went to 10 players and they just shrank the pitch. There is a configuration of United players in that squad, who, in the squad last night, who could have managed a 2-0 victory. I firmly believe that. When I looked at the bench and I saw mm. both Mount and Amrabat on the bench, I was like, there was a part of me, and this can sound a bit unfair, that was like, I'm not sure exactly what plan these players were signed with. Oh, we said this, didn't we? Like yeah, they, and they I don't get it. They play in multiple I, different systems, yeah. I do not get it when I saw that. Look, you started at 2-0, okay, great. 2-0 up. So maybe I'm wrong because they, but I think they, look, look, Ten Hag had the, obviously had the starting lineup, right, right, because he was on the front foot. When you're managing down to 10 men, you have the players on that bench to make this, to see this out. My, my, my main issue here is that basically he makes that Amrabat sub at halftime. Hmm. That Amrabat sub needs to happen the minute Marcus Rashford gets sent off. This is what I'm saying. This is it. Absolute. And that is really poor management from Ten Hag. You see that? And that's what I'm, that's what I'm saying. Because, I mean, we all praised Ange Postacoglu the other day for basically going out swinging. Mm. It was down to nine men at home to Chelsea, right? It's a different thing. Uh, you're Manchester United. You're 2-0 up. You've kind of been pretty comfortable. Yes. You've got Three minutes plus stoppage time to half time. So what was it? 16 minutes to half time. Um, if you're already in your mind that Eric, Christian Eriksen isn't going to do the second half, bring Amrabat on then or take off Garnacho and bring on Amrabat and just pack the midfield for the rest of the half. Mm. Get to half time without conceding. If Manchester United get to half time without conceding, they don't lose that game. They just don't. Or, just, or, or even Amrabat and Mount, Mount defensively, Mount can play high up, can tuck in yeah. and give you stuff on the counter. They just don't, like, they don't need to, I mean, it's what, it's less than three minutes later that they're, they're back in the game and then before halftime it's level. 
Like, that is catastrophic for Man United. And here's the thing about blaming the red card, which I have to come down quite hard on. The whole discourse is about refereeing decisions, upsetting the flow of games. So you're expecting a bad decision. You're literally planning each week for something might go wrong, lads. If something goes really badly wrong, if we get a red we, don't, we feel we don't deserve, hmm. what's the plan for it? That's where I'm critical. Well, this is interesting actually. because, like, even though I, you know, I think if, if a yellow had been given... Hmm. I would have been fine with it. I would have understood it. I think I'm, my confusion probably comes with the interpretation of the law there. Right, okay. Yeah. Um, and I'm probably, fact, I'm probably factoring in too much of the intent aspect of it. Mm. But I don't think it was a howler of a decision, actually, now, in hindsight. But what was really interesting after the game was Ten Hag focused more on the decisions. And before we get to that point, because I think that is a big, bigger discussion, there's, there were a few more. There was a handball for uh, a Manchester United penalty that they got. Mm. It was a handball that wasn't given earlier on. Mm. And then there was another handball given for Copenhagen. I got that right? Uh, oh, the, pe- oh, the penalty at the end of the first half was a handball. Yes. The penalty yes. at the end of the first half was a handball. There was another one that wasn't given for Manchester United, right? And then there was right. the one for the finance penalty. Yeah. I think the one for the finance penalty is very generous. That's another one that we've been saying where, you know, the punishment doesn't fit the crime. I think it was very generous. Yeah. I think the Maguire I'm, one is, it's still a little bit unfortunate, but I think it's It looked, it was, it, was un, it was unlucky. I mean, I saw the Maguire and it felt, yeah, I was like, I, was, I, I, I thought he had room to be aggrieved by that. But I get, again, I get why it was I given. I get it. Yeah. I, but, get, I get it. But the, I think the, 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 one, the one for the Manchester United penalty was extremely generous. I mean, it's, yeah, been, yeah. it's like, it's headed onto his arm. Like, yeah. Yeah. Hell of a penalty though. And then two goals in four minutes towards the end of the game. Copenhagen seal the win. Can we just, uh, was it Baraji's? Rooney. Rooney. Rooney Baraji's. Rooney scoring the winner. Do you know what I loved about that goal? I mean, he's only 17, right? Mm. But I loved the volley into the, into the ground. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Such a young player in that position, that could easily go miles over the bar. And it's really difficult. Like, um, Onana will get a bit of criticism for those but I think it's so hard to like judge that coming off the oh, turf oh no no I think coming off the turf makes it way we more we saw Neuer done by one against yeah. was it Chukwueze yeah we saw a similar thing it just it's so hard to read it and Onana was generally pretty good in this game I thought he um, got a couple of absolute hospital passes from people he did <laughs> like, he what did. was going on and there was Varane was the um, was it the, the third goal or the lead up to the fourth maybe Varane's pass out to the left back position and it was just so like United were just looked all over the place when it got level, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Copenhagen also applied like really good pressure. They were so, so streetwise. Going 2-0 down in the first half, it didn't look like they were going to have a sniff. Mm. And then when they, get, when they go in 2 all at half time. It felt like, when obviously the second half, the first half was like basically an hour long, but it felt like we'd had a full match. Mm. There was so much incident in that first match, in that first half, sorry, first match. <laughs> so much incident in that first half. Just two, two legs in one. <laughs> so much, in, yeah, it felt like two legs actually. Yeah. It really did, yeah. Did I just say it was a game of two halves? Uh, basically, yeah. <laughs> Ten Hag afterwards was focused on some decisions, said they were very unlucky. I was talking about, I think it was, was it the first? Was it the first Copenhagen goal? Saying that the guy oh, was on the offside? Mm. Not sure about that. I wasn't sure about it. But Ten Hag's done this a few times this season, and it, after performances like that, I don't think it does him any favours. No from your Manchester United head what's your is this just another example of the things that are going to happen this season now yes and no because 
what was extremely positive, like I say, was the opening goal. It was the great. opening goal was extremely positive. That to me is like, okay, that's, we've said before, like, you know, I didn't have a set goal. They didn't have a goal, that they, you know, but this, a, um, a, a switch, a reverse pass from a fullback, a cut from McTominay and Hoyland just a couple of yards out. That's like absolutely textbook. That's elite. That's elite tournament play, right? Mm. So that's positive in that sense because we know United can play on the counter, but this felt like something a bit different. So in terms of things that can go right, that's one thing. In terms of familiar problems, in terms of familiar problems, yes, the lack of game management. Mm. And it's concerning because the lack of game management always manifests in slightly different ways. Mm. That's the thing about United. Like, and this time it manifested as inviting pressure, unnecessary pressure. So yeah, I think same problem manifesting in a different way every couple of weeks. But I suppose to be positive, look at how they constructed the opening goal and go from there. Is it a concern for you that that's something that they've been unable to do in the Premier League? Yes. Because well, I mean, if you look at, what was it? Uh, what was that? That was something about Hoyland's Champions League goals. As many as Martial? For Manchester United? I must say this, actually, and here's um, somebody at Manchester United knows what they're doing because that piece of recruitment, I know the money was a lot they paid for him. He doesn't seem particularly bothered by the money paid from Hoyland. He's got a really, really great mentality. Can I just com- correct yeah. myself there? Hoyland scored two fewer Champions League goals for Manchester United than Martial has. This comes from Marty J Hill one on Twitter. Martial joined in 2015. Look, like, I don't want to be all negative about United. If I look at that club and the acquisitions this summer. There was a lot of talk about the Hoyland transfer fee. It doesn't seem to bother him. He's playing with extreme confidence. He is a superb acquisition. I'm really, really pleasantly surprised by just well, how well he's made that transition. He mm. is a wonderful, wonderful footballer. I just wish he had more tools around him. I yeah. think that Hoyland, Hoyland, Hoyland in like certain other unnamed Premier League teams would be absolutely, I mean, he is, he, he is balling flat out he'd be scoring at a real clip. So, be- <laughs> if it, it was, it's, it's ironic that he's probably the perfect forward for Jadon Sancho to link with. Yeah. Oh my God. Do you know what? You're totally right, you know. You're totally right. But, you know, I just do a podcast. Yeah, the irony, the irony there. You know, it is though, right? He's perfect. No, you're yeah. right. He's absolutely perfect, Jadon Sancho. I think the thing, the thing that's just a bit frustrating about that Manchester United squad or, or whatever, and I know, again, it's like, you know, we say this all the time, but we just do a podcast. We're literally not football managers. I think there's a good side in there. The reason why I'm critical of Ten Hag is those players are better than the results. And it is a coaching thing. Look, you cannot tell me that a squad that contains Amrabat, Mount, Sancho, Hoyland, Rashford, I mean, no, Varane's not his best, but there is genuine quality. There's, and I know we could talk about injuries, all this stuff. Ryan, there's quality there. It's like, leaving a, it's like leaving the leftovers of a roast to go off. It's like, no, man, chop them up, make some bubble and squeak. Do there it. There it is. Do it now. Ha <laughs> ha, exactly, exactly. Eric Ten Hag, unleash Operation Bubble and Squeak. Exactly, exactly. A bit of thick gravy to cover the sins. Oh, yes. <laughs> That's all Man United need, just a load of gravy. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Don't we all? Don't we all? <laughs> Gravy is big up north. Did you just tell Ten Hag to just add some gravy? Just put gravy on it, Eric. Just put gravy. Listen, where's to live by? Manchester United were lucky also because 
of the result in the other game. Really good game. Yeah, Bayern beating Galatasaray 2-1. It was a good game. They left it. Had to work for it. Harry Kane. Can I, no, no, no. Before we get to Harry Kane, Maricardi joined a distinguished club. Oh yeah. Of people who have tried to chip Manuel Neuer from eight yards out. (laughs) The only people who've managed that, the only people, the club of three. Is there only three? Danny Welbeck. And Leo Messi. Danny Welbeck. <laughs> and Leo Messi. Leo Messi, who achieved it. The look of disgust that Neuer gave in a Cardiff's direction after he caught the chip. <laughs> <laughs> so is Messi the only person to have done that? To have achieved it, I think. Anecdotally. To have chipped him. From memory. To have chipped him from within. From within what well, I can see, from, to have chipped Neuer from within an eight, from within an eight yards. Because he did it on his line in that semi. But... Welbeck, Welbeck and... Uh, At Old Trafford. And then literally listen, it was like straight off listen, to Arsenal in the summer. No, naughty boys. Naughty, naughty boys. So yeah, that's the, that's the naughtiest thing I've seen this season. It's the cheekiest thing. Is it? Yeah, it's the naughtiest thing. Trying to chip Manuel, an informed Manuel Neuer from that distance. is So like if you, well, if you look... I mean, at, I'd, I'd push back on saying he's informed though. Uh, he looked really good in the uh, last game, I thought. Against Dortmund? I yeah, I think he's looking good. I mean, he's he made one good. save. Uh, but his general like management, like sweeping, yeah. all, you know, the Neuer thing and his energy. I think he's doing all right. He was, he was, he was, he wasn't great against Saarbrücken last week. So. <laughs> Who was? Anyway, no, no. Back anyway, to your... that was ages ago. A week is a long was, time. It was, it was. We're it talking is. about this week, not last week. Actually, I tell you what it is. Look at Dortmund. Yes. Well, we'll talk about Dortmund in a little bit. Let's talk about Bayern yeah. first. Two goals yes. for Harry Kane. Mm. I don't even know how to describe him. It was really, hmm. after the game uh, on Saturday, Musiala was talking to us about him and mm. basically saying that like, yeah, he's, he basically brings so much other people into play as well. And he's like better than they thought he was going to be, which is kind of saying something right when you're, yeah, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> and the thing that I love about Harry Kane is that he's just kind of just doing it. He's just, it's just no, like, <laughs> I mean, you said it right. He's like one of the most Bavarian. Yeah one of the most Bavarian strikers or signings of all time. And it's kind of, it's in a way, and I know that it's obviously, you know, everyone loves to get a little bit kind of English exceptionalism on it, on just mm. anything in football or anything in the world, to be honest. But there is something quite, just quite lovely about the England captain going to Bayern and just slotting in like he's been there for years. Right. Yeah, it's great. Think how much worse it could have gone. Look at Sadio Mane, for example, yeah. of how badly wrong a thing can go, a move can go. The man has gone there and what, is it 17? Go- no, no, no. It's 15 in the Bundesliga. I'm not sure how many it is in the Champions 19. League. 19, so four in the Champions League. 15 games, 19 goals, seven assists. 26 goal involvements in 15 games. In Unbelievable. Four games in Champions League, four goals, two assists. He's mega, man. Yeah. He's mega. Like, he's just, and as an Arsenal fan, I'm just... Glad he's gone. I'm glad I get to enjoy him fully. Now I know what's from a safe distance. From a safe distance. From a safe distance. It's like when you, you know, when like everyone started loving Mourinho again when he got out of the Premier League. Yes, <laughs> definitely. Like, although two very different personalities, I must admit. Yeah, they're very different. Um, uh, right, just to give them some some credit here. Icardi gives them so much, and I think they were really in luck with the disallowed goal. Um, mm. The very narrow side for Torreira. So Icardi was narrowly offside where he squared it for Torreira to put it away in the second half. And that would have taken Galatasaray 1-0 up. And they were looking good until that point. Well, they looked good 
pretty much throughout. They were looking mm. good until that point in particular. And it just took the absolute, it took away so much momentum from them, I think. Yeah. You didn't get that goal. And they've played some great stuff this season. Uh, they've been better than I expected. They've got a really, actually quite, quite canny lineup. Mm. Smart players, experienced players. And unlucky to lose narrowly to Bayern. They're still looking, they're looking good in the group too, actually. Well, they host Manchester United next. Mm. Uh, and it's really interesting. Copenhagen on four points, Galatasaray on four points, Manchester United on three. Mm. Copenhagen go to Bayern next time, who, you know, maybe they'll uh, play the kids. And uh, True, yeah. Because Bayern could lose both of their games now and still finish top. They just have so much depth, I fancy them still to get something in that next one. Do you know what would be, I'm sorry to do this, but you know what would be genuinely hilarious? What's that? Is if they play the kids against Copenhagen and lose, and then play a full strength side against a pointless final game against Manchester United. Oh God. Can see it, can see it. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, I can I just say, we've said this before on this podcast, I think we just take for granted how good Musiala is at that age. Yeah, he's amazing. Yeah. It's and also, can, can I just shout out Leon Goretzka again? Yeah. Because he was starting to get a bit of criticism and he got left out a little bit last season. Do you remember? He's, he's moving now. He's moving. Like, I mean, I know I bigged him up, I think, after the Classica, but he's just, I don't know, man. Ever since you floated that idea about him going to Arsenal, I can't stop thinking about it. It's the one. He's perfect for them. Goretzka, Rice and Erdogan in midfield. Dude. Hold me. <laughs> um, oh, I would love that. I just love him. I think he's great. Yeah. I just think he's great. But um, should we take a break? Let's do it. Let's do it. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on, I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, Tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. All right, Mash, we stay in Germany. Let's do it. Let's go to the Westfalen. Borussia Dortmund to Newcastle United nil. It must be said, understrength Newcastle. Big injury problems at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. Even though Joe Linton... Missed an absolute sitter. I kind of think this result was, could have been worse. Let me say it. Where was this Dortmund the weekend 
Terzic made a couple of changes in the lineup that we ironically kind of talked about on Monday's show. <laughs> Terzic listens to Stadio. If you Gotta do, imagine. hi, Edin. We're big fans. Big fans. Yeah, very much so. I also just think the power of the opposition. Newcastle just nowhere near what Bayern are. No, of course, of course. The Newcastle press was not as daunting as it has been at its peak. Yeah, and it's also massively under strength. There was also a big response from the weekend. I think it, I think it really hurt them at the weekend. Mm. And this kind of Dortmund is the Dortmund is the normal Dortmund. Really. And Fulcrook had that support as well. You just saw there was more combination. They were close to him. They played more to his strengths in this game. Adeyemi, oh, look, I've said this a thousand times. I just love this player's courage. Actually. There's a level of fearlessness that he exhibits. Even, and it's not the fearlessness of youth, it's different, it's immaturity actually. There's a level of fearlessness. It reminds me of like actually Pulisic, Pulisic at Dortmund when he would come on and just affect the, fl- uh, <clears throat> affect the flow of games. Mm-hmm. Not with this kind of naivety, with a kind of very canny looking for gaps. Actually almost like when Oxley chamberlain made his debut in the Champions League. Same kind of thing. Just like how is someone that young that's smart. Mm. So yeah, really, really impressed um, by what he brought and what Metcher brought as well. Adding Metcher into that starting lineup and push and bringing Adiemi in as well on that right hand side and mm. putting Nicolas Zula on that right hand side, it just mm. made the it just made them look a lot more dynamic. Actually, balanced, dynamic. Um, yeah, maybe a little bit more resilient. I don't know. Yeah, no, I think balance and dynamics fair. The early goal for Dortmund. Well, earliest was it twenty five minutes? It was more than it was more than deserved because mm. all the way up to that point, they they were like Newcastle couldn't get out for that no. entire first twenty five minutes, barely. And I was I was actually quite surprised with the way that they the Dortmund didn't panic. I thought it was quite a streetwise performance from Dortmund, and similar to the one. I mean, I think we maybe said that about the one in St James's Park as well. Yes, and it's something that not a lot of people give them. Like not a lot of people ever say about Dortmund, it's, right? It's my two favourite Dortmund performances of the season. <laughs> yeah, my two favourite, yeah. They played in front of an expectant and very loud crowd. I mean, they were, they yeah. were loud. I mean, you know, we know they're loud, but that was like, these it kind of really... felt like one of those like, oh yeah, everyone's hyping your atmosphere. Wait till you get a load of this. Kind <laughs> yes. of <thing. laughs> very much so. Um, very much. But yeah, great goal for full crew. It was a really well-worked goal actually yep. before that. And then... Yeah, the, <laughs> the the second goal, Addy Amy does this little like, oh, at first I thought, like watching it live, I was like, what are you doing on the edge of your own box, right? And then looking at looking back at the replay, that, that slight delay Dude. where he holds onto it a little bit in front of Trippier, it allows Brant and Sabitzer to, break, to get to break, another yes. five, 10 yards up the pitch before he releases. It's yes. so clever. It's so yeah. clever, right? I think it's. I think it's. Del- of course, it's, it's deliberate because yeah. look, he's if with a player that gifted and uh, and that good at decision making, I always give benefit of doubt. The kind of confidence to know, all right, I need to hold on to this on the edge of my own box for another second before releasing is like Bait, you're baiting. You're baiting the press. Deserby was just like. Oh. Uh, yes, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to play him centre back. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, and Brandt with just a really really good finish like uh, do you know what's really interesting about Union Brandt and I've, it's something that I don't think he gets enough credit for is how two footed he is right yeah most players would have cut back on you know would have fancied that on their right if they were right footed there was something so old school about this goal as well oh yeah European yeah. Champions League counter attack 
looking up and it was so clever. Like the, the Sabbaths are run as brilliant, the decoy, because then it's like, does the defender come to me? Yeah. Or like, and it's just, just using him as a decoy. That's such a brand goal. Like using your man as a decoy. The finish is so classy. But the thing about the, uh, the, the assist actually that I love so much is that it reminded me of like the David Beckham assists where mm. the pass is so good. The camera has to scan. Yeah. <laughs> has to pan actually across because it's like that good. And it's like, it actually went out of screen for a bit because the pass was that quick. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the whole thing about that goal was just wonderful. And just lovely to see Dortmund ending the week. Well, so not ending the week, but sort of having, bouncing back from that bad weekend result like this. Like I said, my favourite my favorite two games they played this season. Yeah, yeah. against Newcastle. Yeah. Mm. Played four, won two, drawn one, lost one, scored three, conceded two, top of the group. Amazing. Seven points. Um, before we move on to the other game in the group, um, the tennis balls were back. More protests, not against Newcastle United, as many English media outlets said real time that they were protesting against Newcastle United. They weren't. This is a long-standing protest from Dortmund fans for Champions League reforms. They also unbanner, um, unveiled a banner in, against Bayern on the weekend. And yeah, gold bars and tennis balls flying onto the pitch. You've said this before about um, Dortmund uh, and Germany fan, German football fans in particular. Yeah. <clears throat> English media underestimates the extent to which German football fans and fan culture protest on behalf of other fans. Yeah. So, I mean, prime example of this was on the weekend, there was a joint protest between Bayern and Dortmund ultras against the decision to hold the Super Cup on the same weekend as the opening round of the Pokal. Mm. It was a bit annoying because I was watching the TNT feed on it. Yeah. And um, it was just the way that it was, oh, it's, it's against Newcastle United. It's against money in the game. It's like, no. No, it's bigger this than This is a long-standing thing that Dortmund and German fans have been doing for a while. And right. I think that for me, personally, I love that. Um, I was listening to Seb Stafford-Bloor on the Athletic Football Podcast the other day. Um, they, they were chatting about Dortmund and Bayern and Rafa Honigstein was on there as well, Jan Algefjoltov. And one thing that Seb said, which I really loved, was that um, you know it's rare to go to a German, a German football game without there being some kind of banner highlighting a cause. Mm. Um, you know, I mean, even against their own clubs, like that famous... Yeah long-standing thing from Bayern Ultras against the clubs. Sponsored uh, with against, Qatar, yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, it's just kind of cool because they, because of the sense of ownership that they have there. And mm. I think because we just don't have that in the Premier League. Can't believe it exists elsewhere. Yeah. And I wish, I wish, I mean, it'd be, I think it would be great if, we saw, when we've said this before, we've, the way that fans came together to protest the Super League. Right. It shows it's possible. shows what else you can do if you want to do it. Totally. Yeah. So that's that group. Oh no, it's not because we haven't talked about Milan's win over PSG, which this also was, had a protest, which was this game fucking was hilarious. This game, by the way, was an absolute banger. Such a good game. Minor classic. Literally, Money Mike Mignon. Money Mike Mignon. <laughs> the guy Listen. that he came in to replace. Dollar Rummer. He was Dollar Rummer. <laughs> that's what they said on it. Dollar Rummer. The fake money that was raining down in San Siro with... Donna Rummer's face on it and it literally said Dollar Rummer underneath it. That's that is incredible. like unbelievable, unbelievable chat. And did you see Mbappe's face? I'm not sure if it was because of that, but they cut to him and he was kind of just like laughing. <laughs> the best banner I saw actually was another Italy Italian game, Napoli Union. I don't know if you saw it. There was a banner, one of them said Leonardo da Vinci, the Leonardo the winner, 
and they had Benucci, Leonardo the Loser. Oh no. It was unbelievable. Oh no. Listen, it, Italian fans got busy in the middle. <laughs> they got busy. But like back to the game. So Milan, Milan PSG, got Milan, busy on the pitch. Listen, they beat, um, they beat PSG 2-1 and this was a hell of a game. So good. It was a hell of a game. Everyone came out to play in this one. Giroud, again, brilliant. Um, Teo Hernandez, not far behind him. Rafael Liao, the bravery of his movement. Skriniar with one of the most cynical red, yellow cards, one of the most cynical yellow cards I've seen in a very long time. Stopping Liao on a counter. And it re- reminds you how much Liao gets kicked and how much he sets the tone for his team. I thought Milan were extremely impressive. And what was, within this game, there were so many like individual matchups. What I love about it, you had like Liao versus Skriniar. My favourite was still Mbappe against Maignon. Mm. Was that one glaring one on one, chance he had? Just, yeah. it, it was the body positioning, the one-on-one, like Mbappe threw on goal, daring. And this is the thing, because Mbappe gets compared a lot to um, the Brazilian Ronaldo. The one scenario in which Mbappe and Ronaldo are different is the one-on-one scenario. Yeah. Like, Ronaldo against a defender and a goalkeeper in a one-on-one situation is a bit more assured. The thing mm. about Mbappe is, if you go down really, really, really late against him, you're in with a chance. And mm. Maignan just did that to absolute perfection mm. in this game. And it set the tone because then it gives everyone confidence. Everyone can step a bit higher. Milan can keep pressure on. And look, PSG actually, we know what PSG are as a project, but they are building something it's really quite, PSG. Quite, quite interesting. Yeah, I agree. And I, I quite like quite a lot of what they did in this game. And I've been enjoying quite a lot of their play. I think the approach plays not the best, but the midfield actually it is encouraging. For I them. think from a football point of view, it looks like a, it looks more like a football team now. It does, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. And it's a football team in development, but it's a football mm. team, which sounds bizarre for someone that's for a club that is so rich and has had like 10 years, over 10 years, what, 12, 12, 13 years now under this ownership. But it's like, ah, yeah, finally. A bit like Argentina, actually. It's a bit of a random thing. Yeah. You know, in Argentina, like the younger players are actually carrying the torch more than mm. some of the older ones. Like, you look at this PSG team this week and last as well. And I think, ah, oh, it's actually the younger footballers in this side who show me where this is going in the most exciting, not, not, notwithstanding Mbappe, of course. No, of course. Yeah. But actually players like... Zaire Anemarie. Yeah, but, 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 but the older ones, like, you know, Usman Dembele, they lack the decisiveness of some of the younger ones, I would say. And there may be the major reason why they didn't escape with more from this. Maynard tipped a, he tipped one onto the post late on. Uh, Bele hit the well. bar. Well, yeah, hit the bar. Uh, but there, there was good movements from PSG in this game, but Milan just... I remember watching this game thinking, this feels like a mid-90s Champions League group game. Like in terms of its openness. Yeah. Do you think Donnarumma should have done better for the Leal goal though? You remember we, we talk about how good De Gea was saving with his feet? Mm, yeah. Ironically, it wasn't great with playing the ball out of the, from the back. But no, great no, saving yeah, it's weird. It's, it's weird, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. This yeah. was one of those like, Go with your feet. Yeah. Good point, to sh- his feet, his feet is right. I need to say his feet, his feet were right there or his foot was right there. Mm. And then you shift your, keepers do this thing where they shift their feet out from underneath them and try and get their hand down. And actually it's like, yeah, it's a real that needs to go. Problem, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I think you're um, right. Cause he makes a good save before it. Right. Yeah. And it goes it up in the air. But, um, I mean the second goal from Giroud is just, it's just mega. Yeah. Like, and great, uh, uh, really, not an advantage. It was kind of like because uh, Liao was down and they played on. Did you see the replay smart. where Liao sits there and he's watching it go over his head and he's kind of like, 
It's like someone seeing an asteroid. He's like, yeah, it's Whoa. amazing. It's amazing. <laughs> it's so great, good. He was great, great in this game, actually, Rafael Liao. He's, and he's got back to some, he's got, he's, he's in really good form at the moment, I think. I want to give a shout to Yunus Musa as well. Yeah. I thought he was superb. There's one bit where he gets the ball, just the patience. He gets the ball off the, um, off Maynard and looks up and there are two players pressing him. Mm. And it was a small decision, but he didn't go hero ball. He looked, he turned twice and he was like, there was obviously a gap between the two and they were baiting him to take it. And he was like, no, nah, we're not doing that. It's like when, um, you know that like, women's uh, World Cup final when Lucy Bronze gets tempted in field because she's like, ooh. She could see, it was, like, it, was like, it, was like, it was like Smog seeing the gold in The Hobbit. Like you like, see I the gold. I can't help like, it. It's so <laughs> beautiful. Yeah, exactly. Like he's, he's, he saw that gap and he was being baited and he was like, I'm not doing it. And I just right. thought, there were lots of tiny decisions he made throughout the game. Mm where I thought, wow, I love what he's anchoring because then it allows Reinders to push higher up. Mm. Loftus-Cheek as well. Oh Ruben, my God. Loftus-Cheek. That breakthrough that he had in the first half where Dude. they laid it off for Giroud. Dude, he was, he was bringing it all game. He's, he's sick, man. I'm so glad he's found, he's found his feet that. there. We loved that move for him at the time. Yeah. And it's even better. It's working. The fact that he was arguably the best player on the pitch mm. in Milan PSG and that he brought that energy and that dynamism. 18 months ago, imagine saying that to someone. Dude. In the Champions League, yeah. Because that, in a way, it's funny because Loftus Cheek, you looked at his skill set when he started off, you're like, that's his level. But he always seemed to have his best games in games where Chelsea were poor. So he, the result outshone his performance. There was a game that I think Chelsea, they lost to West Ham mm. last year where I thought he was spectacular for long periods. Mm. And it was just so nice to watch him put together a complete performance mm. in a game of this um, significance. So yeah, big yeah. shout out to Loftus Cheek. You mentioned a cynical yellow card there. I forgot to mention something from the, the Dortmund-Newcastle game. With Eddie Howe with the most telegraphed, tactical, sit-down, keeper substitute. Oh, yes. like, <laughs> Eddie yeah. Howe was giving out notes to people before Pope yeah. had even gone down. <laughs> oh, I was like, oh, lads, come on, man. Like, let's, 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 let's try and keep it a little bit cool. Joe Linton all of a sudden had like a, a fucking list of instructions <laughs> in his hand. And I was like, why has he got a list of instructions? And then it cuts away and you see Pope going down. It's like, oh, right, here we go. And then all of a sudden they're passing out notes to everyone. Unbelievable. Hilarious. And, and there should be a notes break, shouldn't there? I know. Um, we need to quickly wrap up some of the, 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 the two other groups. Arsenal. Oh, lovely win this. Good win. Trossard this. looks like an Arsenal Academy oh player. God, Trossard, Trossard, He's like an Arsenal sick. Academy player, He's so isn't busy. He? I really like it when he plays up as the nine. It's great, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Saka with a goal and assist great goal from Saka Kai Havertz got a bit of stick but almost scored an absolute wonder goal it's the look on his face when he narrowly misses where you're like oh here's the thing when I see that I'm actually encouraged I'm like oh good you're feeling it you're feeling it as well you know what you you gotta do you're feeling it I'm I'm pretty zen about Havertz man yeah I think he takes takes too many pellets for me for me Clive (laughs) yeah uh, PSV winning the other game against Lons. Typical uh, Luke de Jong. Oh my God. Luke de Jong doing Luke de Jong things. Yeah. Scoring early and then just seeing the game out. So um, Sevilla bottom on two points. Lons and PSV on five. Arsenal clear on nine. And Arsenal host Lons in the next match day. And we're going to wrap on Group D. Uh, yes. Salzburg losing 1-0 to Inter at home. Lataro Martinez Lataro with the goal. Again. He's a goal machine, man. Penalty in yeah. the 85th minute. Um, however, the wild, wildest stat about this ben, fourth match day, Benfica scored their first goal of the group stage. But who saw that coming? Who saw Real Sociedad Balling absolutely out. blitz in this group? Real Sociedad and Inter both through to the knockout stages of the Champions League. They were spectacular. They Real missed Sociedad. a penalty. Yeah. 
it legit could have been 5-0 at half time disallowed disallowed goal as well disallowed they goal were. missed penalty well penalty off the post they came out absolutely firing against a Benfica world, a, a blue and white whirlwind I'm sorry but thoughts and prayers for Otamendi because there were the amount of still frames you could have taken from various points of this game being like <laughs> you're probably wondering how I got here <laughs> yeah <laughs> Oh my God. Part, part, of, part of, I think you could imagine Otamendi like lighting up a cigar at half time, <laughs> sitting in a rocking chair. <laughs> so bad. We're done out here, lads. Oh, man. Um, <laughs> Real Sausage are just great, man. Otamendi reminded me of that, that phrase uh, from a different context where someone said he was questioning his football immortality. <laughs> I think. <laughs> they were brilliant, Real Sociedad. The one thing I will say about that first half was. Real Sociedad gave it to them to such an extent oh. that I think anyone, they would have cooked almost anyone playing like that. Oh my God, yeah. Because that you could have, have been Inter. Like. Think about Sociedad, they've, they've got those multiple playmakers. Like, you know, you've got Marino, Ayotharbal, any one of those people can create. Yeah. Kubo. Attack, yeah, they're so, so Even Zubamendi from deep, he's just like, yeah, they're what just great, man. I, I, yeah. I'm so glad they're through because I think this is just a really, you know, we've talked about this, but La Liga isn't having a vintage year. No. Despite, you know, the, the Bellingham factor. Mm. Champions League could be the really good thing for the league. Like if Real Sociedad go deep in the Champions League, that could be the story from this year. I mean, who is looking forward to facing them? No one. Absolutely. There it is. You know what though? If Arsenal get him in the knockouts, I'm going. Dude, that's a horrible second leg. Not for me. Real Yeah, you'd leave. I'll be sad. San Sebastian eating all the good food. I have to break off some of that for myself. There's so much narrative around that though, isn't there? Tierney, Arteta. So much narrative. Did we mention the food? Oh. <laughs> the faraway look in his eyes. What a place, man. What a place. Oh, can't wait, can't wait. Um, it's getting a little bit too steamy talking about the food in San Sebastian, so we should probably wrap this <laughs> steamy up. Steamy podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Is there anything we need to... T- anything we need to... That know? feels like about might, everything. Might do a little bit more on Arsenal, maybe on Wright's House, if you fancy mm. it. You're going to be on so. with Flo, actually. Tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. Be nice to talk about that for That'd a bit. good. Mm. All right, well, let's leave it there. Let's do it. Everyone's got things to do. They do. Uh, we hope everyone's staying safe staying well and um, taking care of yourselves mm. don't forget to check the Stadio Actress playlist on Spotify speaking of which playing out on Timber version by Jasaro people great one out on 333 anything you'd like to add Musa Kwonga nothing further alright everyone much love have a lovely weekend and we'll be back with you on Monday see you then
This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. When I went on my last holiday to Cape Town, it was amazing. My friends were there, the weather was phenomenal, and most importantly, the food was fantastic. But one thing I struggled with was finding the right places to stay. You know, all I want is a great bed, a fantastic shower, and breakfast that doesn't end at 8 a.m. I'm on holiday, I'm still sleeping. I also like ease, and the Hotels.com app easily helps me to find a perfect hotel for every trip. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly getaway or a relaxing spa weekend, on the Hotels.com app, you can compare up to five hotels side-by-side. Now, why would you want to do that? So you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings. And best of all, you don't have to switch back and forth between options. See? Ease. So, start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. 